This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hey there, Katie. Hi, Keith. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's December. Depending on when you're listening to this, it might be Christmas for yeah, you. who knows? I mean, but December equals Christmas. Yeah, or, you know, right after Halloween, it becomes the well, holiday season. I'm not one of those people. I'm a post-Thanksgivinger myself. I think I'm one of those people who is just like, November 1st, put up the tree. <laughs> Michael Buble. <laughs> yeah. turn, turn on the Buble and the only one for Christmas is you. Uh, because as always, this is not a segue, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. And in addition... You can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today, we've got news about Ariana Grande, Travis Scott, Billboard's Women in Music event, and the Grammy Award nominations. Plus, plus... Hold on to your hats. We have an interview with Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. The pop rock legend called me up last week to talk all about the deluxe edition of her 2017 holiday album, You Make It Feel Like Christmas. So definitely stick around for our very merry chat. It's a very merry chat. <laughs> oh, hol- Don't mind me. Holiday puns. <laughs> we need to think of a holiday uh, word that starts with G or like a gua sound. Oh, man. I love, I mean, this is my like favorite thing to do. Puns. So well, get you, back to me. Yeah, you think about that for a while. <laughs> Um, but first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. Let's get to some headlines over on Billboard.com. And there is no bigger headline in the past week than Ariana Grande's Thank You Next video. She unveiled her highly hyped video on Friday and sent her fans and the internet into a frenzy Mm. uh, with recreations of scenes and moments from the 2000s movies Mean Girls, Legally Blonde, Bring It On, and 13 Going on 30, Grande pulled off her most ambitious video yet. And to fulfill that quest, she called on actors from the original films, including Jonathan Bennett and Stephanie Drummond from Mean Girls, and Jennifer Coolidge, of course, from Legally Blonde. And Ariana uh, does an incredible impression of Jennifer Coolidge in real life, but she doesn't do it in the video. I, it would have been great. Yeah. would have been funny if they had Jennifer play Reese and Ari playing Jennifer. <laughs> Get back to me on that next one. Sure. I'll give you these great ideas. Ariana, call up Katie. She has yeah. some amazing ideas. Uh, she also included uh, some of her famous pals, including Troy Sivan and Colleen Ballinger, who you might know better as Miranda Sings, YouTube celebrity. Um, there's also a well-placed Kris Jenner cameo um, at the... Actually, it's the beginning and the end of the movie. Yeah. Or, movie that's movie. how cinematic it was the 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 visual the visual Ugh. uh so thank you next of course is grande's first billboard hot 100 number one and it spent three weeks atop the chart before being dethroned by 
Keith? Travis Scott's Sicko Mode. That's correct. Um, in fact, and that's uh, Travis's own first number one. So a first number one is that's, followed by a first cute. number one. I like that. It's almost like they planned it. It's Well, no. Ari, Ari did congratulate Travis on Twitter. That it's was all kind very, of her. Very sweet. I mean, that's very that's very kind of artists to be like, hey, congratulations on taking the number one away from me. I like when they... That's like Taylor Swift, I remember, sent like Cardi B flowers when... Um, uh, what was her very first number one? Why am I spacing entirely? Oh, Bodak Yellow took oh. me a took me a while there. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. So uh, Travis Scott Sicko Mode um, goes to number one this week, and it's the first number one for Scott, and it comes uh, thanks in part to interest driven by the new Skrillex assisted remix um, of the tune, which dropped during the tracking week for the chart. Um, it's likely, though, that Sicko will slip from number one next week, and Thank You will go back to the top of the chart because of the huge streaming numbers oh, yeah. that the video for Thank You Next is generating. Weirdly, though, like they sat on the Thank You Next video until last Friday, mm-hmm. so it fell out of the streaming tracking week for the Hot 100. So if she had just released it on Thursday morning, she would have been number one again. Oh, that's interesting. Well, but then this will just push it to number one, back to number one. You yeah, know? but I'm like, you could have just... You, you like consecutive records, don't you? I just wondered, I'm like, <laughs> why would you let anyone else not be number one? Like, why would you let anyone else be number one if you have the option to just, like, you know, block somebody? My assumption is that it, it wasn't ready by the Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Mm. And so they didn't want to have, like have a, partial- a partial week. That was sure. That would be my thought. Yeah, and maybe they were very conscious of like we want the the most the most impact possible, or maybe they also thought like oh maybe she would just hold it number one, last, yeah. this week, you know because she was still ahead. Yeah, though, you know it was close. So anyway, I mean they both listen. Get a it's number her first one. number one, and it's already a multi week number one, and it's about to probably have its fourth next week. So, yeah. and you know this is just one of the many reasons why <laughs> Ariana Grande is Billboard's Woman of the Year for 2018. You don't um, say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which uh, our event for the Women in Music, which is our 13th annual event. 13th. That's pretty amazing. It's crazy. Um, it's just days away. Uh, it'll be in New York City on Thursday, December 6th, where Grande, as mentioned, will be honored as our Woman of the Year. Also, we just announced uh, the event will be hosted by Ellie Goulding, okay. um, who has new music out herself after kind of a, it was almost a two-year break from wow. music, actually. I looked up, she the last song that she had put out before this um recent one with Diplo and Sway Lee was for the soundtrack of something that I'm going to forget now. Was it with the Fifty Shades movies? No, it wasn't Fifty Shades. Oh, literally just looked this An up. animated movie? No one no one cares about this information that I promptly forgot. I'm sure Ellie does. And she, Ellie's Okay, fans. well then, here I am. I'm going to make sure that I get this right, Ellie. I am looking it up. I'm going back. Well, would you like to, me to rattle are. off some of the other honorees of the evening? Um, I got there. Okay. From Bridget Jones's Baby. She had a song on that soundtrack, which was just like, it was probably more than a year and a half ago now. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So, moving along sure. <laughs> from that moment that nobody else cared about, maybe, I don't know. Um, we have plenty of other ladies who will be at the event. Um, we have Janelle Monet receiving the Trailblazer Award. Cindy Lauper getting the Icon Award. SZA getting the Rule Breaker Award. Casey Musgraves getting the Innovator Award. And Haley Kiyoko getting the Rising Star Award. That's a whole lot of people. 
people. A whole lot of ladies. And there's also um, uh, some celebrity presenters that will be on hand. I'm not sure if we've announced them all yet. So this is me not saying any names. Are we Are we allowed to announce? Like, I know in the past there have been performances in the show. Are we allowed to say that there will be performances? I don't believe we've said that either, but there will well, be performances. Well, yes. okay. I think we can say there will be performances. But you'll have to tune in to find out who to will be who. singing. Let me tell you how you can tune in. Mm, well, please. How can I watch this, Katie? <laughs> the show will be broadcast live on Twitter from 7 p.m. till 10 p.m. on Thursday, December 6th. So, so everyone can watch on Twitter. It's a, a And Katie, you'll be floating around the event somewhere, won't you? I will be in the city of New York on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully in the building. So you, um, you, you might, like, you know, see Ariana. I hope so. Yeah. I haven't seen her since the VMAs in 2000. 12. I don't even know when it was. It was actually, it was right when she released um, her second album. Did you, have you actually interviewed her Yeah, before? I interviewed her in person for that. It was my everything when that came out. It was like a red carpet sort of thing? <sighs> no, it was a junket. So like a hotel room. Oh, so actually a little bit longer of an interview. It was a full 15 minute interview. Wow. Okay. It was right in the, it was like the week after Bang Bang came out. I mean, it was like very like e. hypey Ariana moment. Was it a good experience? Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that we actually talked about Big Brother because her brother Frankie was oh, on the show at the time. Got it. And by far, that's what she lit up the most about was like, she just wanted to like talk like a fan of Big Brother. I think I've talked to her like three times and all in sort of like red carpet backstage scenarios like mm-hmm. once at the radio disney awards when she was like oh, her, her first like single on nickelodeon well yeah when still? her first single came out okay. like she was like in the way yeah um it was oh, like super featuring mac miller super long time ago mm-hmm. and then i talked to her once i think backstage at the amas and we actually talked about christmas music because the amas were in november she does love christmas music um that was fun and then um a couple years ago i think she had just released a new album right around the billboard awards and she was the last person to come through on the carpet and um, it was one of those weird situations where they're like rushing her up to you and telling you that you have like just two one questions. Question. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And I was like trying to like spit out my sentence. And it was just like I was tripping over my tongue. And I was, I finally was just like, B-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-b-
it will push back the release of the nominations. Basically, a big part of the nomination rollout is uh, on CBS this morning, which, of course, will be covering, you know, wall to wall of uh, George Bush's funeral. And Wednesday has been... um designated as a national day of mourning i mm-hmm. believe yes i think believe, like the post office is going to be closed yeah, the, like ever, the everything stock exchange i yeah. mean you know, i mean it's it's when a president passes away it's it's a big deal. It's, it's a moment so yeah i mean it's like well we're not gonna have this award announcement yes. like no we can push that back a day or two and then meanwhile the golden globe nominations are going to be announced on thursday so they couldn't push it a day to Thursday. And that Women in Music event I hear is on Thursday There night. is a huge Billboard Women in Music event on December 6th. Um, so on Friday is when we will get them instead. Um, basically, uh, you can tune into CBS this morning and Apple Music at 8.30 a.m. for the first round of nominations. And then a full list of nominees will be available at 8.45 a.m. Eastern on Grammy.com or, you know, Billboard.com. Probably, probably Billboard.com. Please go to Billboard.com as well. But if you, if you want something on the minute 845 grammy.com please traffic our site yes but then look for all the smart analysis the the next you know uh the next few hours after that we'll be rolling out reactions analysis re-promoting re-promoting the uh pop shop podcast where we uh hopefully made like brilliant predictions yes someone someone tweeted us actually a few people tweeted us and said that they thought it was alarming that we didn't mention taylor swift's reputation we actually did bring up um delicate i thought we i was like i remember talking about taylor and we didn't talk about reputation um for album of the year which i mean i mean taylor's record for (laughs) her record (laughs) for album of the year i mean it's it's pretty likely. It's pretty spotless. Will, but, and, but we don't know. And and also to clear that up too, you know, our conversation was very much like, why don't you talk about one to two things you're personally super invested in? And so yeah. one of us didn't bring up Taylor's yeah. reputation. That doesn't mean it's not going to get nominated. Right. So, so. yeah, I mean, it, it's also, it's harder with just eight nominees in yeah. each category. I mean, we're, we didn't say a lot of people. We had a yeah. huge list in front of us. We couldn't get to everyone. Oh, but the Sean Mendes fans were very proud of me for uh, bringing oh, really? up Sean. I think I, I heard from them across the world. I think we're all rooting for Sean. I think so too. Um, Is yeah. it time for our interview? I was going to say no. <laughs> Why would you say but that? But I think it is time. Why deny the people? Um, it's now time for our interview with Gwen Stefani. She's our first time guest here on the Pop Shop. Someone who we wanted on the show for a very long time. Exactly. So we're so excited to finally have her here. And our conversation is all about Christmas. Gwen just released a deluxe edition of her 2017 holiday album, You Make It Feel Like Christmas, and it includes five new songs in addition to the 12-track original project. Breaking from Christmas album tradition, she co-wrote eight of her holiday songs. Hmm. So we talked about what it's like to write specifically about Christmas and whether she feels kind of like a pressure of living up to these classic Christmas songs. It's like if you're going to do eight original songs, they got to measure up to these ones that you know. Some of them have been around for more than a century. That's so like, hard. Yeah. So she talked about that and she talked about basically wanting to be like Mariah Carey and, you know, write that instant classic Christmas yeah. song. Um, we also talked about how her new You Make It Feel Like Christmas video with boyfriend Blake Shelton was his Christmas gift to her, oh. how she celebrated the holiday growing up, and how she makes it special for her kids now, and much more. So please enjoy our very Christmassy chat with Gwen Stefani. You make it feel like Christmas. Hello to Gwen Stefani, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Hey, what are you doing? Well, you are the guest on our very special Christmas edition of our show um, to celebrate the release of the deluxe edition of your You Make It Feel Like Christmas album. So I wanted to start by 
talking about the five new songs on the deluxe edition. Um, were those were those songs that were recorded last year during the making of the album, or were there some that um, you know that you newly made this year? Well, no, we definitely did them this year, and I think I don't really know how it works, but I feel like with Christmas records. If you do good enough, they let you add on to your records. I don't know how many years they let you do that for, but (laughs) I'm new at all this. You know, this is my first time doing a Christmas record. It was one of the funnest things I've ever done, honestly. It was like, just to be able to write a Christmas song was something that I like. It's like, as a writer, you dream of that. Because if you can get one that lasts, then you're there forever. And it's just, you know, you're Mariah Carey. Like, you get to have that moment with everyone's, like, memories and their families and their holiday like it's like you're part of their celebration and the backdrop of their lives so honestly songwriting is so magical but to do christmas songwriting was another level for me but this time i got to do two cover i mean two originals um two more originals and then the three covers and so it was just a little bit easier in some ways because it was like I already knew kind of the direction and the style and that we were doing the record in, and I already knew, like, okay, well, I definitely want to do a new song that's like a Christmas up-tempo, but like a children's song, you know what I mean, that has like a children's Christmas theme to it, which I didn't have. I did a lot of love songs on the last record, so that was a challenge but exciting, and that was Cheers for the Elves was the song that we ended up writing and then we did the song called Secret Santa that was kind of, wasn't really my idea, it was Justin, who I, he's somebody that I've been writing with for years, and I didn't have any ideas, so he's like, oh, what about a Secret Santa, like, and that was cute, because we kind of did, it sort of reminds me of like a Santa Baby Lane, like, kind of like in the sense of like a little sexy song, like a love song, but um, yeah, and then the covers were just, again, like trying to find more of tempo Christmas songs, because I know on my record I already have kind of the mellow, you know, Silent Night and I had the song called When I Was a Little Girl and um, another song called Christmas Eve. So I just wanted to make sure that it had that, you know, up, upper tempo. So basically that's how it came about. Um, yeah, like you were saying, you co-wrote two of the, the new songs on the deluxe edition and, of course, six of the songs on the original project, too. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of... Uh, Christmas albums are filled with covers, so it's it's cool to have this much new original holiday material. How do you approach writing a Christmas song? Does does it feel like you have to measure it up against these like Christmas standards that have been around for you know decades or even like a century in some cases? I, I it's a really good question, and I think it's one of those things nobody really thinks about who wrote the songs. Like you're like they were just always part of your life. Like who wrote Jingle Bells? Like who wrote Silent Night? Like you know. 12 Days of Christmas, like all these songs that are just there your whole life and you think someone had to think that up and it's quite magical because songwriting without having a theme, you know, of Christmas is magic anyways because it's just like you have nothing and then all of a sudden you have a song and it's, especially if it really does reflect your life, it's just so, like it just takes a moment in time and it just like keeps it there forever and people can relate to it and then it heals you and there's just so much that goes on with songwriting for me so to be able to do christmas music and to write within a theme like every song was different like for me there was one song called christmas eve that i had written last year and i'd been going through so much in my life and i'd written this record called this is what the truth feels like and I was out on a run at Blake's Ranch, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to get my physical exercise, and I'm going to, like, pray the entire time. And I'm going to be, like, in this moment and just get my spiritual exercise on, too. And 
his ranch is so gorgeous in Oklahoma. There's like animals run, like wild animals, like herds. It's beautiful. Anyways, I was like praying and I thought to myself, if I wrote a Christmas song, what could it be? You know, just like you're asking me, like, what, how do you do it? You know, and just came to me this whole song, like literally the melody, the lyrics and everything was right there. And I'm like singing it out loud, running back to the lodge, trying to get my phone so I don't forget it. And just like sang it into my phone and then like asked everybody around me if I was copying something else because it sounded so familiar. Hmm. I was like, this sounds like something I'd heard my whole life. And anyways, it was just one of those Christmas miracles and (laughs) brought it back and finished the song and crazy crazy year thing happened then Blake heard it and liked it so much that he ended up recording his version of that song for his Christmas record re-release last year or so and no one's ever ever recorded one of my songs so that was like especially like my best friend who I respect so much as a musician so that was just one example of writing a Christmas song for me which was pretty a good example but all the other ones come in just different ways you know they just come like going in the room and being inspired and 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 thinking about like what thinking about what the other songs say you know like what what is it about Santa Claus is coming to town like what is you know it's just fun I don't know I feel like I could have never done it until now like I feel like I needed all the writing experience that I've had to get to this point. Well, and I feel like um you know you also kind of realize in your album that you don't need to have every single song have like all this really serious Christmas imagery in it. Some some songs just feel like Christmas. And uh, your song, uh, When I Was a Little Girl, kind of just, it brings you back to childhood. And there's like a reference to Santa, but it could be, you know, set in any time of year. It just feels, it just feels like a good, you know, Christmas time song. That is a real, you're very smart. Um, <laughs> I agree with you because in the sense that like when I wrote that song, I you know, I had this idea, I can remember, because a lot of the songs are really just about love, and I can remember laying in my bed and being in my bedroom when I was little and dreaming about who I was going to marry and who was, who was going to love me, who was I going to love, you know, I have these incredible parents that were so loving my whole life and just really wanted that, you know, and, and you you think about that when you're little and you're a little girl, so I wanted to write a song that kind of like was just expressing that those feelings you know what i'm saying so when we started writing that song i think we all thought maybe this isn't a christmas song maybe this is just a song and we should leave it at that and then i don't know justin i think was the one that kind of pushed us to go no i think we can i think it it has that nostalgic feeling to it i think we can make this a christmas song and so just adding in a few lines here and there and then it ended up being like theme or like the kind of thread throughout the Christmas special that I did last year of like kind of revisiting my old self and you know how Christmas is such a miracle and like I said earlier like just being part of Christmas is through music is quite magical because you're really creating like memories in people's lives and growing up I listened to this record that um, my parents used to play called um, Light of the Stable which was Lou Harris's Christmas record and is mostly original songs if I think about it it's hard to know now because I just know the record as a record but it's just when I I hear that it's like it brings all those memories back and they're such good memories of my childhood and Christmas time and so I don't know I just I never really thought I would do Christmas record in the sense that um it's when like how do you do it when do you have time and you're always trying to make your own regular records I am so this was just the perfect year to do it last year and to be able to like 
I can't believe it's already one year later and I'm doing more. Like it, it went so fast, but it, it's just, it's really, really up my alley. <laughs> it's really perfect. I didn't know it was going to be so fun to be able to promote the record. Like last year, it just brought so much joy. I got to go to London and, and be on the radio over there and, and just around the world just to be able to, to be able to like, I don't know, have a theme like Christmas this far into my career and people just, it brings so much joy out of people. Yeah, that's it universal me, too. Me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's that? It's universal too, just like that. Yeah, you know. it's pretty awesome. Um, I was also, you know, you mentioned listening to Emmylou Harris, and I was wondering kind of what Christmas was like for you growing up. Um, you know, we we know that you're from SoCal, so maybe a white Christmas was not always something that you had. But what was uh, what was Christmas morning like in uh, in the Stefani house? Well, there was four kids, so my parents were happily married, and they made a big deal about it, and it was a big day. It was like, wake up at 5 a.m., sit in the hallway with my brothers and sisters, just like trying to wait for my parents to wake up, and like trying to peek out and see, but you couldn't ever see where the tree was and the presents were, because Santa would have come and like wrapped the doorway with like wrapping paper. Oh, wow. You know. (laughs) <laughs> I know that was like our tradition. Like we, they'd be like on the count of three, you'd bust through the paper. Oh my god, that's so fun! Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we did everything from you know, oh gosh, I mean, we did like the spiritual side of Christmas, where we would go to church, and my mom would take us to the fabric store, and we would pick out patterns, and she would make us a Christmas dress, and we would go to church, and then we would go to one great-grandma, and then we would go to grandma, and we would go to the other grandma, and then we would go <laughs> then we'd go back home and take a nap, and I was like, why do we have to take a nap? Because we'd go back and have the turkey at my grandma's, and it was just a long, I remember as a child it being like an epic, like long day, and um, my parents were really strict about, we had to go to this grandma and that grandma, and each time you would go, you would get more presents, and <laughs> more chocolate, <laughs> more stockings. I was very blessed. Well, and what's it like as a mom now, kind of, you know, either passing those traditions on to your kids or, you know, creating new traditions with them? Yeah, I think it's fun to be able to create new traditions. And it's interesting how, like, my kids have such an unbelievably different life than I did growing up. And um, we... I feel like it's, every year is just a ticking clock where you're, like, trying to hold on and, and make it magical because it just goes by so quickly. And now I have, like, a 12-year-old who doesn't really, like, have a good list. There's no more toys to buy. Like, it's just, like, tech stuff or, like, wants, like, Gucci or things <laughs> that are just impossible, you know? You're like, no, you're not getting the new whatever 12 phone or whatever's coming out next. Anyways, it's like it's not it's it's really hard to um to to not to let go of like the fun like baby years where Christmas is just like it's so magical. I still have a 4-year-old so he's he's going to have fun this year. We're just going to do Christmas decorations tonight actually. We went on the way home from school and picked out a tree and it's getting delivered and we're going to decorate and so it's just fun. It's just memories, you know, creating memories. And um, I, you mentioned Emmylou Harris. Are there any other Christmas songs or albums that are really you know special to you or ones that, that you play with your family? I think I just really remember watching like a lot of Christmas specials when I was younger. Like, you know, when like it would be like the Peanuts Christmas mm. is coming on and all the songs from like the, the Peanuts Christmas or I'm trying to think of different ones. But, um, you know, one of the huge records that we used to listen to would would be um, the Chipmunks Christmas. Do you oh yeah, of record? course. 
with Alvin and the Chipmunks. That was a big one. And those, a lot of those were original songs as well. You don't even think about it because it's a cartoon, but someone had to write those. <laughs> yeah. So good, too. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. I just, we had, we would just had fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's just a fun time of year, and I know that it can be super stressful, too. Like, I could, I feel it as well. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't gotten anything for Blake. Like, oh no, what am I going to get him? He has everything. <laughs> but I know he gave me something, my present already, which was to do a, a video for the You Make It Feel Like Christmas song, which was, such a gift because he hates doing videos and he'll he's like literally for his own videos he'll be like you got two hours and i'm out of here like he just literally it's not his thing so for him to be able to put the time in for a whole day and and do that video with me was just a dream so i feel real excited about how it turned out and it was a lot of fun yeah it, it must be um fun this time around too having a year behind you are you hearing from your fans about how they incorporated your album last year into their christmas i'm just starting to see everybody get excited again because i had done the disney um performance last couple weeks ago and people have been posting and then once they start getting a taste of it they're like oh yeah last year like and then they start reposting stuff from last year and um and the record obviously is out already too so I think for me, the big one this year that was exciting was the release of the video. That was like unexpected because the song came out last year. And so the fact that the, that my record label was like, hey, we want you to do a video, which is just, it's rare these days, you know, there's no budgets for anything. So it's like, oh, really? Like, you're going to let us do that? Like, that's so <laughs> exciting. And one of my best friends, Sophie Muller, who's a video director, she's done like tons of my videos she did underneath it all and don't speak and i could go on and on she's a legend and probably my best friend as well she's she's english and she flew herself out on her air miles to come do the video for us for free and so it was just being able to work with her she's like my best friend and be with blake and to come up with an idea that we could actually like do you know um and it was just really a fun project it really was. It was a Christmas present from Blake and Sophie. That's fun. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> well, amazing. I I'm um I don't want to keep you much longer, but I am wondering. Like I said earlier, you're from SoCal. Have you have you ever had a white Christmas before? Um, let me think about that. Um, with all your no, travels, I mean, basically, we never. I've never had a white Christmas because I'm trying to think. I mean, I've been in England when it's kind of cold, but not necessarily slowing like snowing. But we're this year we're going to go to um I think in the new year at some point we're gonna go to Gatlinburg and go to Dollywood and we're hoping there'll be some snow out there. Oh. But yeah, we just you know, growing up in California it's fun because you can go up to Big Bear. That's where we used to go when we were kids and we would go to Santa's village, which is a super fun. We went there like a couple years ago and they've redone it. It's like really beautiful. That's they did such a good job. I highly recommend going up there. You and, can go visit um, the snow and then come back to paradise. Yes, <laughs> but I love the snow, I'm, and that's why we're gonna. We we always try to get to the snow somewhere, but yeah, I'm not. I don't, I'm trying to think. Like all the times that I've ever been in the snow is just by traveling. Like you know, being in New York, being lucky enough to go to places that it snows. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Gwen. Um, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas with your whole family, and uh, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat with us. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank Merry you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Let's play Secret Santa through the night. You're the only one that I'll invite. 
thank you so much to Gwen for taking the time to talk Christmas with me. And now I feel like I need to, you know, step my game up with baby Cal because her parents, like, did some epic stuff for their Christmas traditions, as you just heard, like, wrapping. They did gift wrap where they would wrap over the door, like, the entryway into the living room so the kids would have to break through, like, Kool-Aid man style (laughs) into the living room to see what Santa left them. Wow. I mean. She has no pressure, Gwen. Right. (laughs) Well, I think she felt the pressure to follow up her own parents. It's like, just never tell your kids that that ever happened to you. Hopefully your kids aren't pop shop listeners. They won't know what what you (laughs) experienced when you were a child, Gwen. Um, Yeah. So, thanks, Gwen. And now, it's time for the chart stat of the week. I am woman, hear me roar, in numbers too big to ignore. And I know too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all It's fitting that we're hosting our annual Women in Music event this week as this week, back in 1972, Helen Reddy's anthem, I Am Woman, topped the Billboard Hot 100. The track climbed to the top of the list dated December 9th, 1972. It was the first of three number ones for Reddy, who also topped the tally with Delta Dawn and Angie Baby. I Am Woman was originally recorded for Reddy's 1971 debut album, but it wasn't released as a single until the track was re-recorded with a new verse as the theme to the 1972 women's liberation comedy movie Stand Up and Be Counted. While the movie tanked and the song... I've never heard of There's a reason why you haven't heard of it. Uh, The movie tanked. um, And the song actually initially just peaked at number 97 on the Hot 100. But Reddy wasn't done. She continued to promote the song through TV appearances and performances, soon turning the track into a viral hit before viral hits were even a thing. As viewers watching her perform this song started calling radio stations and demanding to hear the track. Um, And that, and in turn... The track then re-entered the Hot 100 and hit number one, and it became this anthemic, iconic recording for her, and I think for the women's like liberation, for ladies everywhere. Ladies, you know, I mean, and then and then it led to a memorable rendition in Sex in the City too, I believe. <laughs> That's right. That's what it all led to. Yeah, it all led <laughs> to the worst Sex in the City movie. <laughs> There's only two. There's two. <laughs> Um, so there you have it. This week in 1972, uh, I Am Woman roared at number one on the Hot 100. <laughs> so proud of that. Uh, oh, yes, I was, but it's wisdom on a pain. Yes, I paid a price, but look how much I gained. What a perfect women in music uh, chart stat. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. For, for the, for, for yeah. For, uh, for the younger ladies in the sh- audience. For the younger ladies, all the younger ladies, <laughs> or all the ladies, no matter what age you are, uh, you are a woman and we hear you roar. <laughs> really, you should really watch the Women in Music event, I'm telling you. It like, is always awesome. La- Actually, if you can go back and find last year's um, Camila Cabello performance sh- of Havana. Like, it's acoustic and it's basically just her almost by it's herself. It's like her performing in like a Cuban club that you happen to wander into. So like, good. it's so good. And um, not only that, but like the, the speeches that mm-hmm. the ladies make when they accept their award. And it, the present the presentations, too, are always... And yeah. um, even the, the red carpet, like the moments where, you know, like it's just... The whole thing, you just feel like it's a great, inspiring, empowering, uplifting, moving event from, yes. from top to bottom. And we're not saying that just because we work here. Correct. So you should totally watch it. We're saying it because we work here and, and because it's good. because it's good, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what song should we go out on? Independent Women? Um, 
Um, yeah, we do sisters are doing it for themselves. Lady theme. I'm so glad Gwen was the guest on our like on just our a girl. Em- yeah, well, obviously, duh, done. <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye. Oh, I'm just-